Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Paul Conrath, president of Custom Control Sensors. Paul, it's really nice to have you on. Thank you, Brad. Thank you very much. Look forward to talking with you. Yeah, I'm super excited. So, Paul, tell me a bit about yourself and about your company. Okay. Uh, you mentioned I was president, but up until recently, I was the vice president of sales and marketing. Much of my career has been in sales and marketing, starting as a, as a product specialist way back in the day. And I had stints in engineering management and operations, too, to give me a little bit of a rounding education. But uh, most of my experience has been in sales and marketing, and, and even at that, most has been in marketing. I like dealing with people. I like doing travel. I like a product I can touch. It's always been some type of a manufactured product, uh, something sometimes a little bigger than you can carry in your briefcase, but it's been a product that's that's been made here in America, and uh, I like that. Nice. Love it. So tell me a bit about the space you guys are in. It, it sounds really interesting. Obviously, sensors. Yeah. Sounds cool. And tell me about what you do. Custom Control Sensors is a, a leader in the, let's say, global market. We sell our products worldwide for high-quality, high-precision pressure and temperature switches and sensors. Uh, you'd find these anywhere you have a fluid that's uh, moving and flowing and building pressure. And... Uh, we serve all major markets, including aerospace, which is a big one. We do defense work and then industrial, and that could be energy, I think power plants, oil and gas, transportation, manufacturing. So it's, it's a wide uh, cast of the net over various markets. And um, it's fun because you can, one day you're in a, an entire manufacturing plant. Another day you're in an air, aircraft manufacturing plant. You deal with all kinds of people all around the world. It's a very global market. We do our own, uh, we develop our products, we design them, we build them. A lot of them are to a customer specifications or a specific requirement. So those are very custom. We also make uh, what we call industrial standards or off the shelf products as well. And we sell them, like I said earlier, around the world. Uh, we sell direct to various customers. We sell through sales representatives, uh, which would be an independent businessman that we contract with, and we sell products through distributors. And hmm. uh, it keeps saying, uh, you, know, you never know when the phone rings or the email shows up where it's coming from or, or what the issue is. So, Totally. So what what does sales and marketing look like in this space? Obviously, you sell to a few different markets, aerospace, defense, you know, other engineering uh, places and what is it looking, what is connecting with those markets look like and what are the implications for sales and marketing? Brad, you made a good point there. It's a technical product. Uh, yes, you can buy out of a catalog, I suppose. It's a technical product and it's to specific or specifications. So a lot of it is the technical, you deal with an engineer at some point, you, you got to make sure the engineer is comfortable with the product. And they tend to be, you know, they like deal face-to-face. -face. They want specifications. They want information. They they like that part of it. And of course, there is the, the procurement or the buying uh, side of it too. 
but to really to, to move the product, the first thing you have to do is establish yourself with the uh, the technical side of the business of the customer. And in in the past, it's always been at some point face to face, whether it's our direct salespeople calling on on a customer like a Boeing or a Honeywell, or a, one of our sales reps or distributors calling on the power plant or the uh, the local person. That has been the tradition. Of course, 2020 blew that out of the water. And a lot of it went to a remote phone calls and Zoom meetings. And and the process as a whole has slowed down. You can just sense it, partly because everything seems to move slower. People are remote and and you have to be a little more patient. We are seeing things pick up, though. So that's, that's the good news. No matter what we do, there's a certain level of regular contact or regular communications that are important. So we try to maintain that. Even if you can't go visit the customer or face-to-face, at least reach out. So we're doing a lot more in terms of digital marketing. Fortunately, we had a pretty good start of it before 2020. And if you're not there, you ought to at least look into it. But So we had a good foundation to start with. And since then, we've worked on a lot of things to improve our digital marketing footprint, uh, whether it's content on our website, whether it's uh, newsletters, what they call call to action, where you get the customer or you get a potential customer looking at your website saying, hey, this looks interesting. So that's been a big help. And, and the whole goal there from our part is to draw customers in to say, mm-hmm. hey, for something, oh, there's customer control sensors, and then try to draw that customer into to contact us, to ask more questions. And, Make it easy to find and make us easy to find. And then like this here, Zoom calls, conference calls, anything you can do to, you know, all the meetings that you would have had in person, now you're doing online. And I see there's a certain benefit to conference calls. We were talking earlier amongst ourselves. And one of the items is when you're in a, when you have a conference call at a customer, you can invite or encourage them to invite other, invite people that you might not normally invite. And that person may or may not have an interest right at that moment, but they may tune in, if only for a few minutes, just to hear what you have to say without feeling that they have to go into a meeting and stay in the meeting and meet you and, and kill an hour. They can come for a couple of minutes, sit in on a Zoom call or a conference call, and then and bail out if, it's, if this isn't exactly what they need at the moment. But at least now they know who you are and they, and they say, okay, CCS, I recognize that name. And I have encouraged our people to to get the get a video. Now I'm using my phone here. You got a high end video on your end, but I say I'm not sure people want to see me. But from a sales perspective, when you're a salesperson, yeah, they want to see who they're dealing with. Just just like going face to face on on a regular call. So I strongly encourage my my team and, and the people they're working with to make sure that that they have a, a video conference call, and especially if you've never met the person. If you've met the person in the past and know who you are and what you look like, and that's my excuse. I can get away without a camera because <laughs> people know. Me. So, yeah, yeah that's uh, kind of where we are. We're still learning things as we go, and we're still trying to improve. But like I said, fortunately, up until 2020, we had done a lot of traveling and a lot of face-to-face, so we knew a lot of that right off the bat. And then we've certainly regular day as multiple Zoom meetings or WebExes or whatever you want to call. And I, and I would, so if you're going to talk to a customer, conference call is the minimum. I would certainly encourage a, you know, a WebEx so you can exchange information. 
or, or Zoom meeting. Uh, or, well, we use WebEx more often than Zoom, mm. but the one is still good. Totally. So you obviously have a ton of experience in sales and marketing, and now you're running the company. And uh, what advice would you give to other uh, salespeople and, and marketing people and what kind of things have you learned in your years of experience that you can pass on as some advice? You know, I made a few thoughts of something like that, but one of the first things is that uh, you treat people the way you want to be treated. You think to yourself, how do I, what kind of a person would I want to have a relationship with? And some people you go, I just don't like that person. Okay. If you're the salesperson, you have to overcome that attitude and say, okay, I, you know, I, I want a relationship with this person. But again, the first thought is, what makes you interested in having an interest in a, a longer-term relationship with someone? Keep that in mind as you go forward. I think one of the mo- most important parts uh, or elements there is you like it when people listen to you. You like it when people truly listen to what you're saying and comprehend it, have empathy for what you're saying and, and your situation. And to me, that's important. That uh, yeah, you may be trying to sell a product, but in the end, they're actually trying to solve a problem, and, and they need you to, to understand it from their perspective. And and that gets them to say, this person really cares about what I'm trying to do here. He's not he's not just trying to sell me. Yeah, we want a long relationship. No, it, do you really want one? And, and what are you going to do about it? And the first thing is you got to put the customer out there and listen to what the customer is looking for. And, and some customers don't want that relationship. That's not their plan. So the first thing I would say is listen to the customer, truly hear what they're saying, show empathy towards their situation and their perspective. Uh, And then the next item is is honesty and integrity. If you come across as anything other than being honest, straightforward, and and have personal integrity, they're not going to to pick up on that. So you, you really need to be, and that's true for any sales and marketing. We all talk about you can Salespeople, you can't trust them because they're, they're in sales, but people will come to trust you once they find they learn and have a sense of humor. One of the uh, issues on be able to laugh, be able to laugh at the situation, be able to laugh at yourself. Early on in my sales career, when I was, uh, I had a big customer and, and I was in there, I was going to sell this customer hard and I was really set up. And one of my opening lines was, uh, yes. Yes, Diane. We're really looking to we're really looking to have a long term relationship with, and I used their competitors' names. And <laughs> she was the purchasing director. Said, "Well, that's good if you want to have a long term relationship with that person, but that's not going to help me with uh, with my company." And I realized I had said, "Oh my God, that's wrong company." What am I saying? And we laughed about it, and that was a standing joke for a while. But in the end, he laughed, I laughed, we laughed, and we had a good humor, and and we. Over time, we had a pretty good relationship, I would thought. So so it was one to, to say, okay, be able to laugh and be able to laugh at yourself and have a sense of humor. That also is a big help when you're in the midst of a negotiation or you're working on some very sensitive, and you both want the same for your company, you want the best for your company. And to break the tension with a, a sense of humor once in a while really goes far and letting the other people know, hey, you know, you're human. You're, you're trying to do the best job you can, but at the same point, you have to work together. Totally. Um, Love it. Another area that I always talk, try to help people understand, be able to relate to their situation or their position. Your customer is no different than you are. 
They're trying to get the best for their company, help them understand or help them in their position and, and through their problems. And, and they'll remember that. And that's really what we're all trying to do here in sales is trying to help the customer. And sometimes help maybe in the short term may cost you to help them, but it's a long-term benefit. I've had times where customers have wanted to return products and, and you go, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to take it back. That's not my job. My job is to sell it. But you, yeah, okay, we can work something out. And maybe you, you take it back and say, don't worry about it. And they'll remember that. Or uh, they may ask for some special arrangements. And you say, let me see what I can do without extracting an arm and a leg. Or, uh, And I've had times when I've said, listen, I'll be honest, you, you really need to call this other company. You're asking a great question. I can't help you. I can help you with my product, but I'll, let me help you with directing you to this other company. And they appreciate that. And they also begin to, that's where they begin to realize, hey, I can trust this guy. He's not out to take me for everything I am. He's, he's really here to help. And those would be some areas where I think, you know, be honest, have integrity, really listen to the other people uh, and help them. And sometimes that short-term help may cost you. But if you really are serious about a long-term relationship and that's really where you're going with it, it'll come back. Nice. That's awesome advice. So any last takeaways at all for those listening, Paul, with anything to do with sales and marketing or any of this stuff? Even remote as we are now, it's still a person, a people person kind of job. I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to deal with people, you don't want to, if you can't, if you can't put yourself into a situation, if you can't pick up a phone and call somebody and start a conversation almost out of the blue that maybe you had to practice that because it's really about relating to people and helping them relate to you. And when you're trying to get relationships with people, not everybody wants them, but ask yourself, why is it that you want this relationship? Is it going to be good for both companies? It's going to be work no matter what. It's a constant. You can't just say I want a relationship today and, and not show up tomorrow. It's showing up every day and customers didn't expect that. And then look at it from their side. If you were that customer, why would you want a relationship with you? Why would you buy it from yourself? Why would you want a, a relationship with your company? If you can't answer that from their perspective, you maybe need to step back and think about that and change some of your tactics. And then when you have a relationship, this is a, an area there, you need to make sure that relationship doesn't just uh, reside at, at you and the person, your counterpart. You've got to work to extend that down through the company, engineer to engineer, quality to quality, your boss to his boss or her boss, so that, because people are going to change. People are going to change all the time. You don't want to start over when your contact leaves and start over. And if it's a good relationship, they'll probably help you. They'll say, let me get you into this person, or you need to talk to and it help you nurture that. Once we get the door open, once we begin to build a relationship with a person, I encourage my, my people to, all right, that's great. But now start drilling down into the organization so that everybody in their organization can call everybody in our organization. And that's where the, the companies start to develop those relationships. Someday something's going to go wrong. They always do. <laughs> and it's, it'll be those relationships that, that provide the foundation to get over those bad times. Totally. Hey, Paul, thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing all your wisdom and advice here. Really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. I appreciate the time. And, and uh, thanks for listening, as you say. Yeah.